Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Um, I'm excited to have you here. Love that we're talking about climbing the mountain, mountaintop experiences, what it looks like to really be laid low, experience the presence of God in order to enforce your identity, your purpose, yeah. your passions, who you are called to be. No greater way to maximize who you are, what you do, and cultures around you than really climbing that mountain and sitting in the presence of the Lord on a regular basis. So my good friend Gary Birkins. Pastor Gary, you, I haven't even mentioned that you are the pastor of the App Uprising Church. It doesn't matter. He's doesn't like, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Um, but if um, if you are interested in finding him, go on Facebook, find, just I, Google the, Gary Birkins. I'm the only Gary Birkins. Really? I I, I have, it's 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 amazing. If you yeah. Google my name, Gary Birkins, B-U-R-K-I, I'm the only one that exists. Interesting. And so I, without paying for it, I have the first full page <laughs> I have the whole page of Google. Look at the favor. God paid for it. Paid in full. Paid in full. You are yeah. the only Gary Search Perkins. my name and just, just be yeah. amazed. You'll think, yeah. he must have really paid for this. No, I'm just the only person with that name. Yeah, so, it's, so yeah, good. Yeah, so, so easy to find. Yeah, yeah. easy to find. Yeah. You, I, I'm going to throw out a plug for you. You have right. con, you've done our staff training for us. Amazing. My training, I mean, just kind of coming in and just ripping a message, getting all up into our business, challenging us, which is good. We needed that. And then spending time ministering to each one of us. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and put a plug. Like if you have a church um, organization, whatever, and you are looking for somebody to come in and just really challenge you, take your team to the next level, I cannot think of a greater person to oh, recommend well, this guy right here. So look him up. All right. Now I'm going to immediately shift back to you because okay. we are talking about mountaintop experiences. Yes. Yeah. Rocket. When you when you were just talking about just how, uh, once again, it's the contrast that, to... What we need it to be to get in the presence of God, and we have to be. You said laid low, mm-hmm. and it's so ironic that that the Scripture uses elevated places to lay us low. That's so good mm-hmm. to the climbing of a mountain, the the physical emotional toil, whether mm-hmm. it's just taking your son to the temple mm-hmm. to leave him for the rest of his life, or to climb a physical mm-hmm. mountain. Mm-hmm. When we make that journey up the mountain. And I think it's just one of those, it's so easy for us to relate to. Because we all see mountains and we're like, why are you laughing? I'm just, I'm just feeling, again, I keep feeling the spirit just kind of migrating up my legs. Like I'm going into a river of some sort. Yeah. Go ahead. It doesn't matter who you are. I, 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 I might be projecting just me and everybody else. But I feel like everybody that sees a mountain thinks, wow, that, I wonder what it looks like from up there. There's just, I think there's just Absolutely. something kind of Absolutely. in us, in our mm-hmm. nature. We, when we see a mountain, we want to climb it. Uh, that's, good. I mean, that's why people climb Everest. They say because it's there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, yeah. so we, we are. So I think God uses that that nature of us to mm-hmm. just see a high spot. We want to, but but then we realize real quick, it's a whole other thing to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, just a flight of stairs sometimes is overwhelming for some mm-hmm. people, just physically. Mm-hmm. And and but what, so when God says, I want I want to put my presence in your life. He's going to require something from us. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a sacrifice for us, and this is where all this comes from. Mm-hmm. So let me just hit here just as okay. we start this next uh, next uh, segment. I just have a list here, of just and this is just going quick through the Bible, just and not not hitting e- even all of them, but just things that are found on the mountain. 
uh, the Ten Commandments, God brings order on the top of a mountain. He could have dropped those off in the bottom, could have sent it in the mm -hmm. mail, but no, climb up here. Send it in the mail. <laughs> send an email. Yeah, just text me. Let me know what you want me to do. And he's like, he's like, I'll straighten everything out, but you got to climb up here and That's get good. it. So you know, That's order. Good. Order is established on a mountain. Uh, the glory of God. When you know, the second time he goes to the mountain. He goes. He has to climb back up the because when he comes down the first time, speaking about disappointments, he gets disappointed with these people. He throws down the the tablets of stone, and then God's like, you know, those people. And then Moses is like, no, they're your people, and they're arguing over whose idea this whole thing was anyway, right? So good. <laughs> yeah, you know, God's like, all right, you take those people that you got out of Egypt, and, and Moses is like, wait a minute, they're not my people. You made me get them out of Egypt. Yeah, they're yeah. having all this. So, yeah. you know, so he has to go back up the mountain. And that time when he goes up the mountain, he comes back and he's glowing. It's so good. He's, he, he's been in the presence of God. Everybody at the base of the mountain had the opportunity to be in the presence of God. But only one man made the journey to the top of the mountain. Mm. And he came down and he saw <laughs> God. Mm -hmm. I mean, why didn't God just say, you know, okay, I'm going to show you my hind parts, you know, come on, just come walk throughout, you know, why didn't he see that at the burning bush? Right. Because it didn't require right. anything from him. Right. The bush, the calling of God just happened when he was on his way doing his regular thing. Sure. He only had to just turn aside a little bit. But if we want to take our calling to another level, if we want to take our calling into the realm that God's asked us to go to and accomplish what he's asked us to do, it's going to require an effort. It's going to require that mountain. And mm -hmm. so he makes that journey up the mountain. You know, he says to God, he says, because God says, you go ahead and take the people. And he's like, I'm not going. And what does he say? I'm not going if you're not going. That's right. I'm not going without your presence. Yeah. You know, and that's the that's the attitude we have to have in our world today. If we're going to make it, we have to get up every morning and say, I, I can't go to work without your presence. Mm -hmm. I can't I can't send my kids to school without your presence. And I know we're thinking, well, I, I don't have time. It means you have to get up earlier means you're going to have to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to turn off Facebook to get in God's presence. Mm -hmm. And we, But we have to have that mindset yeah. that the world is falling apart. Jesus is coming soon. I, I need his presence. Yeah. And so he says to God, God, if you're not going, I'm not going. Mm -hmm. And so they, you know, so he, but he says, I want to see you. And so he climbs back up the mountain so again. Good. A second time. So you know, he just, he was that on a, no big deal. he was on a 40 day fast the first time. Oh God. And now he just yeah. gets back. And now God's like, oh, well, you want to see something else? Yeah. Well, I've been to the mountain, God. Well, you want to see something else? Come back up. Mm -hmm. No, I've already been there. I've already. And, and that isn't that. Haven't you experienced that in your life? Mm -hmm. God, God will, he will call you to something. You're like, I've already seen this. You're like, oh, you ain't seen this. You know, I've done that. But you ain't seen this. You know, I, I know about that. <laughs> but you don't know about this. Yeah. You know, because so when we, so he climbs that mountain again. And he has to, when he comes back. They have to cover the dude's head. They yes. have to cover his face because he looks like God. He's mm -hmm. you talk about that light, you know, from the other night. He's glowing. His whole his countenance has changed. Mm -hmm. Everything about him has changed, and all he did was climb a mountain. Yeah, it's good. You know, he just. So but good. that was. You know, I say all he did. Right. That was that was even harder yeah. than the first time yeah. he went up there. Yeah. You know, it's a the repeat. You know, I can't do this again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can because God's up there. That's good. And I think because of what he received the first time enabled him to go back again. So good. And so it's it's on it's on the it's on the mountain of God that we begin to reflect the presence of God. Uh, a lot of you know you can you can stay in your in your comfortable chair and reflect the word of God. Mm. You know the the information. But to reflect the countenance of God mm -hmm. means you have to get in the face of God. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sidestep for a minute because 
I do a series called The Glory Versus the Anointing. And I think you were there that night that I preached yes. containing his character. But I, I love that you have said that because I think a lot of times we learn how to mimic the anointing, the hand of God. Um, and we miss the character or the countenance of God. So true. And oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even the Egyptians, the magicians in Egypt could mimic, mimic yes. the hand of God. Yeah. They could mimic the anointing. And so sometimes, especially for people who are, are raised in a very um, charismatic, manifestational mm-hmm. type arena, they learn what the anointing looks like and they miss the countenance and the character of God. Right. Because they get so wrapped up in just the the ways of God, if you mm-hmm. will, what God mm-hmm. looks like. Um, and so I love when he says, I, I want to see your glory. And God says, I, my glory isn't really something that you see per se. It's something you come to know, something yeah. you become acquainted oh, with. And good. he says, yeah. I am. Yeah. And he begins to tell him who he is. Here's mm-hmm. what I am like. And therefore then we're learning, I always tell people, the more you learn about who God is, the more you're learning about who you are. Because as he was, mm-hmm. so we are here and we're created in his likeness. Um, and so I really love that you said that because I think, you know, the glory of God, his countenance, his character should be the parent. It should be the head of the anointing. It should be what births the right, anointing right. out of us. And I think sometimes we try to use the anointing mm. to get into the glory, to get into the presence, not recognizing that it should be the reverse. Right, right. And I think sometimes oh, geez, you talked so, about yeah. worship yeah. And I think that sometimes that's what bothers me is I think we use worship sometimes to try and stir up. We use mm-hmm. the anointing mm-hmm. to try and stir up the glory. And really, we should be searching for the presence of God and allowing the anointing of worship, music, right. dance, right. speaking in a tongue, prophesying over people, whatever it is, however the anointing wants to show up, should come up out, out should of, come out of yeah. that place. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we really have that backwards. Yeah. Well, that's my thing about... and. Once again, I have to be really cautious. I, I yes. love worship music. Mm-hmm. I love worship music. But when you're, when you're, you know, in, there's Maverick City. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you listen to them. I yeah. can just get caught away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On their new uh, album. Yeah, it's just like oh, I'm just melting. You know, <laughs> this is like I can just lay the. I, I I sit against my sofa and I just sit there and I just just you know <laughs> just rocking. yeah I just In the it just yeah and it just <laughs> fills the room yes. and it's just like so incredible. But so, but here's my caution: is we we can experience that and feel like we've worshipped, so right? yes, yes, because we say it, because say we it. were in the presence, and really, what we're doing is we're experiencing someone else's worship. That's so good because that song was birthed through somebody who went through all hell on earth, climbed the mountain, That's got so in the good. presence of God, wrote a song, comes back down, sings the song, and you sing it along, and you feel like you've been in worship, yeah, and because you feel the tingle, you feel we the feel presence the anointing of, God. of that, right? right? We feel the and and you are in the presence of God, but what we need in our world today is people that are writing new songs That's that so that are good. getting not that we need new songs, but I'm just saying that that are getting in the presence of God mm-hmm. and getting it firsthand. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, David killed Goliath. And the people sang the song, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the anointing to kill the Goliath because they didn't climb the mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't they didn't carry the basket of cheese and like little Red Riding Hood to go check on brothers. They they didn't they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. They just they sang the song in the street, mm-hmm. and they and there's like a powerful anointing in that. Yeah, it's good. But it's not the same anointing that David walked in. Mm-hmm. And it's because David decided to climb a mountain. Yeah, he decided to do what was impossible. So good. And and when when we do that, you were talking about. 
uh, uh, something about just the presence of God. And, you know, Moses, you know, I'm, I keep getting stuck on this whole, this is where it started for me. So I know more about yeah. this story than anything else. But I get, I just get, I, I think about when Moses comes down the mountain the first time and he has the, the tablets of stone. And then the people have taken the golden earrings from Egypt and they've made a golden calf. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they call the golden calf the God, mm. the God that set them free from Egypt. Mm-hmm. They say, this is the God that brought us through the Red Sea. Well, it's a golden cow made out of earrings is what it is, but they've never seen God. Mm. They don't know what God looks like. Mm-hmm. They've only experienced what God's done. Mm-hmm. So, so yes. Moses comes down having experienced God, and he's like, Oh, no, you didn't. Mm -hmm. That's not the God that brought you out of Egypt. That's a golden cow y'all made. Mm -hmm. The God that brought you out of Egypt is up on that mountain. I just spoke to him. And that's where his anger comes from. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. what they've done is they've said, this is God. Mm -hmm. It becomes the worship song. Love worship songs. Yes. But that can be our only experience with God. Yes. I put on this song, I feel tingles, and I feel like I've been in the presence of God. And you have, but it's the presence of God that someone else purchased yeah. for you. Yeah. It's not what you've been through. And, yeah. and the whole time, your life is just as wrecked. You're going through just as much trouble. And there's a song God wants to write in you, but you've got to be willing to go to the mountains. So you've good. got to be willing to take so your, your burden to have God. Have your own experience. Yeah, have your own experience. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about in the New Testament where Jesus says, "Who do people say that I am?" Oh yeah, and they're like, <laughs> some people say you're the prophet Elijah, some some say you're this, some say you're that. and he says, "But what about you?" Yeah, what do you, who do you say I am? Who do you say that I am? Yeah, you know, and I think it's Peter that says you're the Messiah. Yeah, and he said, and he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this right. to you. Right, right. You, this has been a revelation that you experienced. And when you think about in, in, in John when it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That word know there means to come into reality by experience. Like if you read yeah. it in the Greek, it, it denotes the idea of something has become a reality because you've experienced uh, it for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. so we can know the truth, but the truth that sets us free is when we know, when we, know. When we have yeah. had a personal experience that has become my reality. Right. You know? Right. right. And so yeah. I, I love that. Like when you're saying, like, again, you, you're very, very anointed music, but it's like, that's who God has been to them. And yeah, He's that to me as well. But right. have I experienced Him like that before? Right. I tell people a lot of times, like, I know the Bible says that God is a comforter in a time of grief or in a time of loss. I, I'm just totally honest. I've not ever experienced any deep death in my life. Like, uh, you know, my, my mom's still alive, my dad's still alive, mm-hmm. my kids, you know, this and that and the other thing. And so I have a knowledge. Right. And I'm confident and I have faith that God is a comforter in a time of death, but I've not had that experience. Yeah. So yeah. I've not known him intimately in that place. And so I can't comprehend. So so thinking about those things, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know, because I, I have not had that experience right, right. for yeah. myself. Yeah, and that's, and that's not a fault. No. It's just, it's just I'm telling you, trouble's coming. Mm-hmm. It's here. And God and God will use that to give each of us an experience mm-hmm. in Him, and that's what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. So uh, you were talking. I'm thinking about the the disciples in the boat. Mm-hmm. Jesus, here, here's their mountain experience. It, it it wasn't on an elevated mountain, but it was in a boat. Yeah. Jesus tells them, "Get in a boat, go to the other side." 
and I'll meet you. I don't know what they're thinking. He doesn't have a boat. How's he going to get there? Mm -hmm. You know, but so they, they obey. Once again, sacrifice. It's obedience. Yeah. They get in the boat. You know, they take off. They're headed to the other side. And a storm comes. I mean, mm -hmm. everything could, could go. And, and the, the Bible says that the, that the disciples are terrified. Yes. And these are seasoned mariners. They, they know about the sea. They know. So if they're terrified, it's bad. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not normal. Right. This is not a normal right. storm. Right. Okay. Uh, and so there's this terrible storm that they're terrified from. I'm sorry, I'm telling the wrong story. There's, there's the, the one he, that's the one he walks on the water. Yes. What I want to tell is the one where he's in the back of the boat. Yeah. Okay, so he's yeah. he's asleep in the back of the boat. So they, they you know, they get in the boat, they go to their side. Mm -hmm. Jesus is laying on a pillow, and love that how the, the Bible says he's on a pillow, which I mean, means he intentionally falls. I mean, you know, you don't yeah. just fall asleep. <laughs> he grabbed a pillow and was like, like, "I'm going to sleep." I'm going to be in the back. Y'all go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So, so here he is. The, 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 Jesus is in the boat. So they have the presence of God with yeah. them. Okay. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So they're in the boat. The storm's coming. And they're terrified. The Bible is real clear. It says they're terrified of the storm. Okay? So then they wake up Jesus. I'm, I'm sure they're a little ticked. You know, how can he be sleeping? We yeah. think we're going to die. Yeah. Uh, they wake him up. Yeah. And that's where it talks about the pillow. And you navigated us Just right into a storm. cracks me up that he's yeah. got a pillow. Yes. <laughs> Who's bringing a pillow? <laughs> anyway. He, 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 he planned on falling asleep. Right. He so, knew he was going to take a nap. Yeah. And, and so, once again, this is one of those, you're reading the Bible. It's like, wait a minute. Did they say he had a pillow? Yeah. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't think of them having pillows. I think yeah. of them having a straw bed. I don't think anybody's got the my pillow. You know, yeah. they're not kicked back. Yeah. So, anyway. They wake him. This is another story. Anyway, so they wake him up. They wake him up. He comes to the front of the boat, and he says, "Peace, be still." And then the Bible says, "They look at him, and now they're terrified of him because mm, they so they they've seen him open blind eyes mm -hmm. for someone else. They've seen him raise the dead. They've seen him. You know, they they've seen they, they just did. They just fed five thousand people with five loaves and two fishes." Mm -hmm. But they didn't know he could do this. Mm -hmm. And so now they've just experienced God. Not not for everybody else. Yes. They just had an experience of their own That's with so him. So good. Yeah. They, they've seen him save every, and and so it was like he did something that they didn't even know this was possible. Mm -hmm. You know, they woke him up to save them. Mm -hmm. And they thought, I don't know what they thought, but I'm sure they're thinking they don't they don't even know what to ask. But mm -hmm. they're just saying, Don't you care that we perish? Mm. And instead of transporting them across the sea, he goes to the bow of the boat and he says, peace be still. Mm. And the Bible says now they look at him and they're terrified of him. They're, so this is where that fear of the Lord comes in. Now there's a reverence that they had for him. And I think this is where then Peter could later say, oh, I know who you are. I, I know for myself. Who do I say you are? You are the Messiah. You are mm -hmm. the King, King of, of Kings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's because he had that experience. Yes. You know, uh, I, somewhere in these notes, I, I have something about um, uh, about we just like to avoid trouble. Where's it? Where's it at? I, I don't need it anyway. We, we, it's true. We just want to avoid trouble. Yeah. We just want to avoid tough things. Yeah. You know? And 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 what God is what God has been showing me so just so much more. Just kind of highlighting. Just I can just see trouble in my life, and and then I see the times that I, I just tried to fix the trouble, and then I see the times I've had trouble in my life, and I just say, God, I can't fix this, mm -hmm. and then see what God does, mm -hmm. and just to see how He that takes so much courage. Oh, it takes so much courage. It does. And I, I I try and tell people, I try and tell myself, if you're lacking courage in a moment, it's because you're not confident in your position. To the mm -hmm. same degree that you're confident in your position in Christ, the courage to say, I, I, 
Because right. it takes more courage to, to let go of sometimes a lot something sometimes than it does to hold on to something. Right. You know? Right, exactly. So yeah. much courage. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, God wants to he wants he doesn't you know, God's not he's not this puppeteer just, you know, throwing out crazy stuff mm -hmm. just to see what you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what the devil's doing. He's throwing things in our path. Mm. He's always got trouble and he's that's just what he's all about. You know, yeah. he's just always pulling things down and destroying things. He, you know, kills, still and destroy. That's all he does. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's really good at it. He's much more practiced than you than he's practiced longer than you've been alive. Yeah. So he's he's an expert at kill, steal and destroy. And so this happens all the time. But God in his incredible wisdom and in his great nature, he, he can take anything the devil can throw and he already knows it's coming. And so he can he can turn it for your good and his Amen. glory. Hallelujah. And it's not it's your good. good and your glory. It's your good and his, his glory. glory. And that means you're going to see him in a way you would have never right. seen him exactly if you hadn't right. gone through the trouble. Exactly and so we, right. we've got to learn when trouble comes, of course, if someone's sick, we pray God heals them. But we also have to have our eyes open and be looking because this could be my mountain. This could be the moment that I'm going to mm -hmm. see God in a way I never saw him. Mm -hmm. If I would just continue to go after him. Let me that's hit this so list. Found on the mountain. Let's try, that's where I was when we got to like the that's third right. one. Uh, <laughs> we reflect the presence of God. A sacrifice. Our sacrifices are made on the mountain. Mm -hmm. Even every time they make an altar. Here's another elevated place. Every time they make an altar, they look for an elevated place. And then they take stones. They take stones and they carry them up to an elevated place. And then they elevate the stones. They keep it, everything. Every altar is an elevated place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why is that? Because it's it's much easier if you're going to move a stone. Yeah. Much easier if you get you got to use a goat to the mountain to get a stone. Mm -hmm. But just roll it down the valley. You don't have to do anything. Just pry it loose and let it go. Mm -hmm. And then you got a pile of rocks mm -hmm. at the bottom. But that's not what they do. They take stones and they carry Bring them up, up mm -hmm. to an elevated place. And then they take the stones and stack them. So and then they take a sacrifice and put on top of that. And sacrifice always happens in a place of elevation. It always yep. happens in a place that's yep. difficult so to get good. to. So it's good. it's you know you're you're sacrifice well it, it, if it doesn't cost it's not a sacrifice if it's mm -hmm. easy it's not a sacrifice mm -hmm. and so they 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 sac so that's another thing that's up on the mountain of course the ram the lamb is revealed on the mountain we talked about that one a worship that's the first time you hear worship in the bible is is on the mountain when he's going to kill isaac mm -hmm. um uh, it's it's your your first. Uh, we talked about this. Maybe I don't know if we talked about this on the air or not. But uh, the first the first glimpse of the promised rain was on top of a mountain. Yep. You know, Elijah says it's going to rain. Yeah, and he's he, mm -hmm. and so it happens on top of the mountain. Uh, new perspective. You know, you can always see further from the top of a mountain mm -hmm. than you can ever see from the valley. Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you get up. You know, it, it just stand on a chair. You get a different perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, but not everybody can get on a chair because you got a bad knee or whatever. <laughs> you know, but just you know, elevation. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus defeats the devil on a mountain. It's so good. The temptation of Christ, the, the spirit of the Lord leads him to the desert and two of the three two of the three temptations happened on mountains yeah. or elevated places. In elevated places. Yeah, elevated mm -hmm. places. So they get on those elevated places and that's where he defeats him and then, you know, the greatest the greatest defeat of the enemy was on the mountain called Golgotha, mm -hmm. the hill Golgotha, you know, the place of the skull. Mm -hmm. And once again, there's a climb up this mountain. So good. You know, he and Jesus couldn't even physically I mean, how many things that we say we can't do but we could? We just yeah. don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. How many things is there like, oh, God, it's just too hard. Mm -hmm. That's really what we're saying. We're just saying, I, I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Jesus physically could not take another step up the mountain carrying his cross. Mm. And then, you know, Simeon comes, Simeon along, comes along and, you know, and carries his cross for mm -hmm. him. And, you know, it's on this elevated place that, that Jesus dies for mm. us. 
you know, the, the greatest victory that we'll ever experience happened on a mountain. Yeah. It's just, it just, it's just so incredible. Yeah, and it's, you know, to go back to where you say everything the enemy intends for evil, God is turning and flipping and saying, I'm going to, all things are going to work to good. Yeah. And you think, you know, from one perspective, looking at it from a worldly perspective, from a fleshly perspective, one of the most evil, cruel acts in our entire history is the crucifixion of Jesus. Yes. But it also was... It's the contrast. Yeah, yeah. that's that contrast. Yeah. And so, and, and I, 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 I say that to my clients a lot, like, how do we, how do we discern good from evil? We don't. You know, we weren't supposed to eat of that tree. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't supposed to eat of that tree because you weren't intended to know. Because right. in God's perspective, it's all good. Right. Right. Because he can turn he it turns all to everything. Every, yes. Yeah, it's all because good. Because everything yeah. flips to good. Yeah. And so we were never intended to be to even be able to discern or define or try to figure out is this good or is this bad? Right. Because right. if you're standing in the presence of God, if you're on the mountaintop, it's all good. Right. Oh, it's, it's so good. good. That's so good. Yeah, because we can we can look at something that's going to be the greatest thing in our life, and but it doesn't look good, so we avoid it. Yeah, it's so good. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of alluded earlier. You know, three years ago, you know, my whole life just came crashing down. Yeah, and and if if I could have avoided that and and somehow missed that, mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, I would get so angry because I was just so hurt. And people would come to me, and they meant, you know, Christians, and they meant well. And they would come to me, and they'd say, they'd say, brother, it's just a season you're going through. I'm like, dude, seasons happen four times a year, mm-hmm. and, and it repeats every year. Don't tell me it's a season. I mean, yeah. I wanted to punch people because I can't go through this again. Yeah. You know, and God's like, it's not a season, it's a chapter. You know? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, praise God, it's not a season. It it's will a chapter. come to an end. Yeah, it's going to come to an end. But, you know, if I could have avoided that, Oh, sure. I would have raised my hand. And, and it was impossible for me to see that there was any God in that. Mm-hmm. But now looking back, mm-hmm. you know, I remember Pastor Phil, you know, our friend Pastor Phil, you know, he, he would encourage me and he'd say, he'd say, your best days are ahead. And my flesh would be like, you don't know the days I've had. I've had some really good days. There's, there's no way that going forward that it, that, that it can be better than what I've experienced. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. But... It's not impossible. All things are possible. All things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so many things that God has so shown good. me, and 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 about me that I didn't even know. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, failures in my life and and blind spots that I had that I never would have seen had it not been for that. Mm. You know, and that for me was what uh, was my mountain. You know, mm-hmm. lamentations. Uh, I got such. We we just need to do a whole thing on just what what happened in any way. Uh, but lamentations oh, what happens? with to me, oh, yeah, okay. just yeah, just to share that story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so lamentations chapter three, it it talks about the the that his mercies are new every day, yes. and that's the verse that you hear quoted. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you don't hear the first twenty one mm-hmm. verses. Of the how lamenting. All, yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why it's called lamentation. Yeah, yeah. Jeremiah is in a deep state of depression. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, but I, I was reading, I don't even know how I got there. I don't even know, but, I, you know, I've been praying and God had just been leading me to really mean verses that, you know, like James chapter one, you know, count it all joy when your life is, you know, in the toilet, you know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. You know? Yeah, and so, uh, and so somehow I get to lamentation and I begin to read. And, uh, and hearing, you know, Jeremiah talk about uh, my skin is hanging on my bones. Oh, and I feel like yeah. a scarecrow. And him describing this darkness and the depth of despair. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's describing me. Mm-hmm. 
and then and I didn't I didn't re, I didn't recall that that's where that verse is that says his mercies are new every day and so I'm reading along and I'm just you know it's like I'm playing the sad song you know when you're sad you like to play sad songs so you just get more depressed right. and so I'm just right there I'm like this this is me thank God I'm finally I'm finally God knows me and I then, finally feel like you've connected <laughs> yeah, where I'm at you finally where have you been I'm, God <laughs> and then boom sleeping in the boat yeah Exactly, yeah. Get off that pillow. Yeah, and then that verse, you know, just comes alive, you know, that my yeah. mercies my mercies are new every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a real turning point yeah. for me, you know, just like, you know, but it took that depth of despair mm-hmm. to see the glory of God, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in a way I'd never experienced yeah. Him before. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up in church. I, I've experienced God, but I'd always experienced it as a spectator in other people's lives mm. and this time it was a participator because it was my life yeah it was my mess and to see God you know mm-hmm. the redemption and just everything that God yeah. did for me was yeah. just amazing mm-hmm. you know but it, it was it was I'm still trying to get through yeah. this list yeah so. when I um, you know I've, I've, I've told the story of for so many years I had clinical depression with panic anxiety attacks and you know I and you were a part of your you remember when you were talking about the prophetic and and really kind of tapping in the prophetic and there was a fear there for me because in those se- that that season of depression I saw demonic activity I, I would see darkness and dark shadows and what have you. Yeah. So there was a real fear for me to open to allow my mind to be open to things in the spirit because I was like, "Oh no, I shut that down." <laughs> uh, I don't want to see anything spiritual. No. <laughs> um, so but to your point, I, I remember a very pinnacle moment in, I was in, in a, well, I don't know, it, it's, it, it's very demonic. Like I would wake up some days and it was just, that it was there. This, this presence is there. And it would just come upon me a deep, deep feeling of dread and paranoia. Just, um, and so I, I remember laying in bed one afternoon um, and, and I was under the covers and I remember having a vision that I was sitting with my knees up, with my hand, my arms around my knees, and mm-hmm. sitting in a pit, and I'm watching, and my head's going this way, and I'm watching this demon just circle this pit, staring at me. Wow. And I remember him walking this way, and I would catch him from this shoulder as he came around and just circled me. And I remember crying out to God because I, I was a believer. I mean, I was, was saved, born again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm like, why is this happening to me? And I remember crying out to God and saying, God, if you don't pull me out of this pit right now. I don't think I'm going to make it through this. Because every time I would go into these waves of, of depression, I was like, oh, this one's going to kill me. This one's just mm. going to take me. I'm not going to make Man. it through this. And I was like, I'm not going to make it through this. And I remember f- seeing this illumination from the top of the light. And I remember hearing the Lord say, I'm not going to pull you out of the pit. But if you ask me, I'll sit in the pit with you. Wow. <laughs> wow. And um, Wow. That was a mountaintop experience yeah. in a pit. Yeah, in a pit. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember thinking, kind of irritated, but I was like, okay. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. whatever. I just need And I remember God's presence and, and things beginning to shift and, and that the illumination of, um, I prepare a table before you in the presence wow. of my Wow. Oh, my God. And just the illumination That's and God. So yes. Amazing. And God saying, look, this isn't about the elimination of demonic activity in your right. life. It's about the confidence and the courage and the victory that you can and you will have in the presence mm. of wow. that demonic activity yeah. in your life. Yeah. So I just, I, yeah, as so you were good. speaking, I was like, uh. wow. So I'm just thinking as you're talking, I'm just thinking about, you know, we're, you know, deliverance. You know, we, we, we kick devils out, you know. 
but we're never going to get them all out. We're always we're going to have to deal with the fact yep. that we live in a fallen world and the devil is here. Yeah. And so we have to learn how to take the presence of God yeah. right in the middle of the darkness. You know, Psalms, you know, David says, yea, though I walk, walk through the, the valley, valley of the, the shadow, shadow of, of death. death. You are with me. Mm -hmm. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, God is right here with us, the presence of God. You know, and so, you know, the more we begin to talk, the more I begin now to think about low places that are actually elevated Ele places. Actually mountains. Yeah. So it's interesting, yeah. you know, my book, Mastering Your Seasons, I talk all about the desert and the wilderness and how, again, you can be in a, you can be in a natural or circumstantial desert, literally no, no fruit coming. But if God is with you, you're in a season of abundance. Yes. And yeah. I, I keep telling people, I'm going to do a conference one time just called Inside Out. Oh, because that's... everything about the Spirit is inside out. It's all inside <laughs> out, isn't it? Isn't yeah. It? yeah. All right. Yeah. We're going to okay. close this down, but okay. we're not done. Right. I, I think you got one more. We can do one more. You got more. one more. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, you guys. Remember, you forcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.